You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that covers news and events happening in the world of Lucha Libre, talking Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and more. And, of course, we will never forget our streaming partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I'm doing well. Much, much better. I was unfortunately uh, out last week due to a cold. So, yes, uh, me too. It, it's been hitting all of us. So uh, yeah. glad, glad to be back. Uh, so glad, in fact. I got to bring in the third member of this team, and that's who? Who? <laughs> who? <laughs> who? It's the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. <laughs> a little bit of a delay. <laughs> it happened. I can, I can see the loading circle. It was great. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a now, moment. Now, now you say we we would never forget the chair shot, but as soon as you said that, uh, I have to apologize to Greg because I don't think Dusty or I mentioned the chair shot when we covered for you. I think uh, we did. being absent. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I thought we did. It's well, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, it's just I can't forget because I constantly <laughs> talk and communicate with Greg. Uh, so, <laughs> I, just you in know. case, I figured we'd give them a little extra. Yes, mention. Yes. You know, we've said it like three or four more times now, and we yes, shout out we, to Greg who shout out edits to Greg. for us. Well. who, of course, helps produce and edits the show and thechairshot.com. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is the official Lucha Libre podcast of thechairshot.com. So Sweet. we hold a very <laughs> special place in the Chairshot Radio Network lineup. Um, so very incredibly grateful for all of those who are listening um, through thechairshot.com. We hope that you are enjoying the show. Uh, and we are, yeah, very proud to be repping Lucha Libre on thechairshot.com because they got a, you know, a good presence of, of course, American wrestling, even Japanese wrestling, independent wrestling, um, and lots of other, even, you know, sports entertainment and sports entertainment. Uh, so. <laughs> They get a lot, so the fact that we can, you know, have our niche uh, place on, on the chair shop uh, in the chair shop radio network lineup is uh, pretty good. Yeah, 
Yeah. Great stuff. Very cool. Great stuff. Yes. So, uh, but yes, we are back this week and we have, I always say we got a lot to cover, but we truly got a lot to cover. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a dab of this, a dab of that. Uh, we truly are covering a huge variety of topics and events uh, happening throughout the world of professional wrestling and Lucha Libre. So we got you covered from your WWE news to AAA. We're going to talk a little CMLL. Even something's happening along the independence. But before we get to all of that, you know where <laughs> we start. We always begin with News of the Week with Brendan. Yeah, um, so this is our kind of sort of CMLL news. This is very interesting. Chris Jericho, uh, at this point, it's been a while back by the time you're hearing this, uh, but he he announced that Rocky Romero is going to defend the NWA Historic Welterweight Championship against Yu Uemura, I believe I said that. I mean, now I get to slaughter Japanese, too. This is great. Uh <laughs> Brendan slaughtering names in all languages. Equal opportunity. <laughs> I am equal. I will mispronounce your name equally. Don't worry. Send me your best uh, Irish and Gaelic names. I know I'll mispronounce all of those too. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's a second. <laughs> it's, if you, anybody who's read those will understand. But uh, anyway, that's going to be on the Jericho cruise. So where this gets interesting is. That's the Jericho Cruise, which traditionally is kind of an AEW sort of event. So uh, Cubs fan had some opinions. I uh, also think I'm along the same line, so I just want to give him credit on this, too. But uh, it, I think this is more of CMLL really liking Chris Jericho than any sort of overt alliance between CMLL and AEW. But I'm also not going to rule it out at this point because wrestling is weird. Uh, like you never know, but yeah, uh, we you will guaranteed, uh, you know, card subject to change and all that. But you, that is a, an announced match for the Jericho Cruise, which really makes me want to go on the Jericho Cruise even more this year. So um, we'll see, we'll see. How cool would it be for me to do the independent news roundup from the Jericho Cruise? That would be awesome. <laughs> right? I don't know how you would do it. It sounds like a party and a half there. It is. It really is from everything. I have heard so many stories from from that cruise. Uh, but uh, in other news, in other Lucha Libre news, before we get off on the AEW tangent here, the Lucha Libre news, the um, Netflix show Against the Ropes premiered. Um, Miranda, can you give us the Spanish title or do, do you remember it? Uh, let me look it up. Is it? Okay. Uh... Uh, it's basically the same thing but uh, yeah re, mm, i'm gonna look it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> so anyway on the i'm sorry i'm to spring that on you i just thought of it while i was doing it uh uh the 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 show started i started watching it dusty started watching it it is in many ways very very lucha uh yes and uh like it's it's filmed in uh in a, a borough of Mexico City for the most part. Uh I'm gonna slaughter this. I apologize. It it's a pulpa, I believe. Um and then uh later in the series they go to a, an arena and that is uh noted arena uh, Nalkpan, which uh we've uh 
we've talked about many times because that is where IWRG tends to perform. So the name, it's very interesting as a result of this, just the names that wind up participating in the show alone are all over the place. Uh, you, a uh, couple, first couple of episodes, uh, Rey Mysterio is alluded to. There's an article floating around on the internet that says Rey Mysterio is involved in the series somehow. I haven't gotten there yet. Um, the, yeah, uh, I haven't either. There is a Calibri mask, though. Yes, I saw. I I have to do the do this particular shout out here. I saw a Lindsay Dorado mask on the show as well. Yes, that was exciting. (laughs) The mask. There's a there's like a mask booth on the show, and by far my favorite part. It's just exciting to see it, and yeah. And And the the crowd shots. Yeah, no, no. The, the crowd, sh- the crowd shots usually have masks, and that's where I spotted the Lindsay one. But yeah, also in the crowd shots, I'm gonna just give you some spoilers here. There are a lot of luchadors that are in those shots, but you won't ever know them because they're not wearing their own masks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they probably had a lot of fun with that. Just like I get to be uh Lindsay Dorado today or whoever mask they were wearing. So I'm, I was enjoying that. Um, so, and, and, but the big one was, and we're going to talk more about, about her later in the show, I suspect was, uh, is lady Apache is one mm-hmm. of the, the, the final bosses, shall we say in the storyline. So I haven't gotten there yet, but she apparently has a major role in the end part of the series and was involved in a lot of the Lucha Libre scenes as a trainer. So, like, huge congratulations to to uh, to her on that, because that's, you know, that's like a foot in the door for Hollywood, too. Like, she hasn't done enough in her career. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, Dusty and I were talking about this off the air. It is it's kind of a drama. Uh, with, uh, with the one thing about it, I will spoiler here, the Lucha Libre, like in many Luchador movies, is considered to be real. It is considered a real fighting style. There's none of this talk about showiness or cooperation or anything like that that you will hear uh, when you talk about many pro wrestling events. They treat it like it's a real fighting thing, and uh, and we go from there. So uh, the main character... Uh, is is uh, returning from prison? Has decided that through through events. I'm not going to spoil that too much. Decides through events that the best way to win the affection of her daughter back is to become a luchador, and that starts kind of a natural feud with another woman, and that's where you go from there. So it's very fixated around women's wrestling. Although again, there are lots of male luchadors that have made appearances here. Um. Did you get it, Miranda? Yes. Um, it is Contra de la... Contra las cuerdas. Okay. So, and I think it's listed uh, uh, on Amazon as Contra las cuerdas. Uh, yeah, uh, I've seen it listed as both. That's kind of why I, I suddenly decided to, to, again, I could have asked for that before the show. I apologize. Uh, no, that, that's okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I had to, to look it up uh, because I, I needed to see the uh, the visual for it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I tried to watch the first episode, but I've been having issues with my Netflix where it keeps booting me off. So I got to 
there's probably about five minutes, uh, but I'm wanting to try and uh, see the rest of it. So it uh, looks though like a pretty entertaining show. It's it's really good. I'm gonna go over yeah. to Dusty because Dusty has a double opinion on this. So yeah, go ahead. It, it was interesting. Brendan and I had kind of talked about it ahead of time and like, okay, we'll watch it and talk about it a little on the show. And so I just turned it on. My wife was doing other stuff. She's kind of looking over as it starts and she sits down. She's watching it. And I'm like, I don't know, should I watch another episode? She's like, yeah, why don't we watch the next episode? And she really enjoyed it as much as I did. I mean, she she watches wrestling. She has, like, mild lucha knowledge. She's not a huge fan. But she just thought the show was really interesting. The story, it's not – I was expecting something like the Disney Plus Black Scorpion program, like something very – kid filled and almost like a, a Disney program or a, a Nickelodeon type teenage kids program, but it's not. It's really got a lot of cross generational appeal. I was interested on a lucha level, but my wife enjoyed it on like the telenovela level. Yeah. And so it was just interesting that yeah, it had a lot of facets there for people to enjoy that you might not necessarily get at the first glance. It strikes me as more of a family show because the story is about the mother and her relationship with the daughter, but it's about the mother and the, her relationship with everybody as well. So, like, her rivalry with uh, with uh, Dolce and her her friendship with the other four people who get dragged along to become luchadors as well. And It's also uh, seeming like yeah. a... A redemption story because it's her coming yeah. <laughs> out of jail. So I think there's elements that we see in other types of shows of here's the ex-con coming out of prison to try and reconnect with their family. Um, so yep. we've seen that archetype before, but it kind of throws you in a different direction when it's like, oh, she needs to reconnect <laughs> with her kid. And she decides to do that by, you know, becoming a, a luchadora where usually those stories are either someone continues their life of crime or they go in a completely different direction, like maybe they become a cop or something. So that, that right. I think is where uh, there's elements that are very familiar to people who watch, you know, other kinds of shows. But then you get thrown for a, in a different direction. Yeah, and it does have it uh, has a more telenovela sort of twist on that storyline too, where the police are trying to uh, they're convinced she's still a criminal, so they're trying to catch her in the act of committing a crime. And obviously, she's concealing the secret of being a luchadora. So I mean, it goes all over the place. Uh, story is fantastic. It really is what uh, pulled me into. Like, um, I was going to watch it. I was going to watch it with. Uh, with the headsets on because I want to hear all the Spanish anyway, but uh, now I like have to set aside time to watch it and make sure like uh, I have, I'm able to sit down and really enjoy it because it's, uh, it's something else. Um, Dusty and I were talking a little bit about this off the air too. Like it, it is not, um, it's not an action superhero show like the uh, black devil slash Blue Demon and uh, Ultraviolet show. It's um, you know again the fixation on the kid stuff, but it it's still they're both good family shows and they both have represent strong lucha sort of looks at things. Um, but uh, Mexican culture I thought bleeds through a little more in this. Now Miranda only saw about five minutes of it, so it's my outside interpretation, and uh, I don't know how much time Miranda spent in Mexico anyway, but. That's it. Yeah, I was going to oh. say that's, I mean, <laughs> I'm Mexico adjacent, literally by like yeah. living in the Southwest for so long, but also mm-hmm. seeing 
I think there's some common threads in in a lot of Latino cultures, but there's also things, certain things that are very specific to Mexico or even certain parts of Mexico, too. So that's the one yeah. thing that I am more familiar with, some, you know, like more of this, the the northern part, you know, things that are closer to the U.S. border. Um, so, th- you know, this place that's a little bit further deep, I, I am interested in seeing, you know, uh, more about what life is like more in the central to southern parts of Mexico. And I just remembered one of the things, the little ties I was going to make. Uh, recently, we had the Royal Rumble, uh, and, and Dusty will be talking a bit about that later. But as part of the preparation for that, they had um, they had many people on the Spanish show. They had Los Lotharios being interviewed by uh, um, well, now I just lost his <laughs> lost his name. Uh, but they and one of the things that they were talking about is what um, Angel Garza called Mexican mischief. And, I mean, we know enough about Angel's character and to know a little bit about the, the idea of mischief. But you look at their cultural icons like Zorro and uh, you know, they, mischief and, and uh, rebellion seems to be a big part of their of – their, and I feel like that bleeds through in a lot in this too because she's misbehaving and, but it, in, in kind of a focused way for a good reason. And um, it leads to it leads to misadventures and, and comedy, but also is noble. So, I don't know. Dusty, do you have any more thoughts? Um, I just highly recommend people check it out. If you're a Lucha Libre fan, I really think you'll enjoy it. But like we mentioned, the storytelling and the drama in the first couple episodes is so strong that it'll really have you hooked. I was surprised how um, just – Catchy isn't necessarily the right word. That's more for music. But it it was catchy. Like you watched it and it, it caught you. It drew you in. And mm-hmm. I I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised if you give it a chance. All right. Uh, so that's it for the news of the week. Um, again, that was against the ropes. That is available on Netflix in uh, most places around the world. So if you're listening to this outside the U.S. You'll still be able to find it. Um, give us that name in Spanish one more time, Miranda. Contra las cuerdas. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so go ahead and check it out. It's, to, to Dusty's point, it is fantastically written, and 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 we can't. It seems like we can't recommend it enough. But there's lots of lucha in there, and we will probably be discussing that more, especially if people write in and tell us their favorite parts about it. So. Uh, but that's my news of the week. Uh, we are going to go over to the Indie Roundup. Now, I know I'm supposed to do this, but Miranda, you have all my results this week. Yes. So uh, I had the pleasure of uh, ring announcing for two events in the Southern California area uh, about two weeks ago. That's part of the reason why I got sick. I literally came home uh, one day and then the next day uh, got pretty ill. So uh, that's why I wasn't able to share all of that last week. But here this week, wanting to share some roundup information on two events that happened. Uh, first, we're going to jump over to 
PCW Ultra. They had their show on Friday, January 27th, uh, their anniversary show, seventh anniversary, uh, to keep in mind, uh, in Wilmington at the Ultratorium. Uh, their classic building and two very cool notes, uh, for Lucha Libre fans. Uh, first off, the main event of the show was Jacob Batu versus Black Tours. And if anyone knows them individually, two very big guys who are so agile and fast and they did not disappoint in the main event. Um, both men. Two different different times. They each did top report hurricane runners on each other. Um, so and not once, but twice. They they did it to each other. So it was such a just a fascinating match to see. Um, Jacob Atu came in as your reigning uh, ultra champion. He was successful in retaining the championship. Uh, so he will be going into their next event in April as champion. Um, but Black Taurus was just fantastic that that is a match where you talk about you know Haas fights and super indie fights that was a blending of two very strong very agile um just very great technical wrestlers but also men who are 200 plus pounds like 230 plus pounds being able to move like men half their size yeah they are both super agile and the I feel I felt terrified on the announcement of this for anybody in the front rows at the PCW event because um, they can co- that's a lot of men coming at you and well, it's going to come out of nowhere. And also, Black Taurus came into the ring. Um, of course, when you talk about lucha rules, sometimes that means there are no rules. And he came to the ring with a crutch and a, a computer keyboard, which he did end up using in the match. And me and the referee, uh, I looked at the referee as Black Taurus was bringing these items in, and I'm thinking, is this a no DQ? Is there something I didn't know about? <laughs> Am I going to announce this wrong? Did I miss the memo? <laughs> Did I miss the memo? And the ref looked at me and said, I didn't know either. So I just, I just had to go with how I understood the match to be. And so the ref, the ref, you know. It, was it used? Yes, but the ref is is knowledgeable enough in lucha rules to know sometimes um, that means that there's no rules. Um, <laughs> so uh, I start with that because the in the bookend element, the beginning of the show too was really phenomenal. Um, PCW does a meet and greet at the beginning of every show where fans can come and meet the wrestlers prior to the show, and they bring in a, a special VIP guest for meet and greets. Um, you know, the previous show, they've had Ultimo Dragon, they've had uh, Ted DiBiase, Booker T, and in this show, they had Chavo Guerrero Jr. as the special guest. And he actually came into the ring at the beginning of the show uh, to welcome the fans there to talk about the Guerrero history in L.A., how they were, you know, from Texas, but their second home is in L.A. And it was so fitting for PCW to be celebrating a anniversary to also have someone um, who has a rich family history, not only in L.A., but just in the world of Lucha Libre, just throughout wrestling. Um, And earlier in the night, there was a a wrestler uh, known by Christopher Landon Anthony Streeter class who had some 
uh, unkind words to say about Chavo. And in the opening match, we had Class versus Grizz Brody. Class could not keep his attention on his opponent, but still tried to call out Chavo. And so Chavo took it upon himself to assist Mr. Brody in the win and then uh, pretty much lay the smackdown on Class, uh, which included uh, three amigos uh, suplexes and then two, not one, but two frog splashes from the top rope. So Chavo still got it. Chavo can still go with the best of them. Um, And then just a, a really cool moment for fans. Ultra places where you get the mix of you know the previous generation the now the future matches that you don't get to see anywhere else um and again ultra has had a rich history in the world of lucha libre um from you know having a huge series with the lucha bros um other consistent um luchadors who've come through the wings like puma king uh and say dorado um, and they've always had a, a really wide door for Lucha doors. Um, and again, to have someone like Chavo Guerrero Jr. there to meet and greet fans, to welcome fans to the show, and to give someone two frog splashes is worth right. the price of admission. Well, that's both of the uh, Gringos Locos there. They both use that. So, yes. uh, One question, one very silly question, which I already think I know the answer to. Did Pepe show up, too? Did Pepe show up? <laughs> oh, yes. You know, his Pepe was his uh, horse in the WCW day. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, no, no Pepe was <laughs> no there. Pepe. I, am, Pepe. I am not surprised. I'm sorry. My original, <laughs> when I think of Pepe, I think of... Uh, uh, Mongo's Chihuahua. Mongo's Chihuahua, yes. Yes, yeah. I yeah. do. That yes. was my first thought. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure that dog's long gone. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I don't think that Pepe would have made it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, why is Pepe? I Granted, I want I want to have my own dog as a Pepe uh, yes. and, and be there for commentary uh, stuff, but I, anyways. I, I support this choice. Pepe yes. Chulo Chihuahua. Yes, <laughs> with all of the gimmicks. That was... <laughs> That was the best. I've watched old episodes of Nitro specifically for Pepe. Oh, well. Just to, just to see what outfit Pepe's wearing. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, you know, PCW Ultra will be back. One of the big things happening with Ultra for their uh, shows is that they are now moving to Saturdays. So their next show is going to be Saturday, April 22nd. It's called Saturday Night Special. And uh, so far announced uh, for the special guest for uh, VIP and for meet and greet is Shane Douglas. Um, <laughs> but the mm-hmm. so uh, pretty pretty cool again to see uh, you know just the amount of of people that come through the doors of Ultra. So. Um, there will be more information available uh, over the next few months. Uh, tickets are available now for Saturday night special, Saturday, April 22nd in Wilmington at the Ultratorium. Same place, different day, same great wrestling. So uh, I'll be excited to bring back news from that show 
in April. Uh, the other show that happened that weekend, the next day that was uh, Saturday, February 28th. I don't know. I'm sure other things happened that day, uh, which we'll get to. <laughs> um, Master Republic hosted Lucha Libre Mexicana, uh, which was their first show of the new year. This was the show that was canceled um, due to weather um, issues at the beginning of the year. Uh, they changed it two weeks later and still held it at the Agua Caliente Casino um, in Cathedral City. Uh, a great turnout, sold out once again. And there's a, a few very cool matches that uh, happened there. Um, pulling up my notes from that. Um, but we had a tag team. Fabuloso and Bamboo versus El Rey and Nightmare Azteca uh, with the team of Fabuloso and Bamboo winning. Um, from there, our second tag team of the night, uh, Inframundo and Mirage versus Fulgor Uno and Fulgor Dos uh, with the Fulgors winning. Our third match, we had a triple threat uh, with the Luchadora, Sissy Love versus Keita versus La Jarochita with La Jarochita getting the win. And then uh, your main event, uh, Psychosis, making his tag team debut with uh, the man that they call the legend. Uh, he is also known as the Lucha legend. Not so much a luchador, ends up actually coming from uh, uh, the great state of, of Florida, actually announced from Mar-a-Lago, uh, Florida. So uh, Psychosis and the legend uh, not being on friendly terms with the crowd this time around versus the team of Black Lion and Tinables with Alushe. And of course, if anyone has seen Tinables uh, Jr. and uh, Alushe, you've seen the man, you know, the, with the golden bodysuit and mask. Uh, with Alushe, who is the, uh, very small, uh, I would say somewhat luchador, cause he does make some great moves, uh, but also beatboxer, uh, break dancer, uh, truly a triple threat. Yeah, he is a wonderful dancer. I mean, I know that sounds funny, <laughs> but genuinely, he yes. is a beautiful dancer. I yes. mean, it's, it's so fluid. A lot of times when you see the little guys, they're not as mobile or, you know, you don't see kind of the same uh, mobility that you do in the bigger. But Alusha, I mean, he's literally a breakdancing, beatboxing Ewok. Yep. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's exactly yeah. the three words you would describe for for him. So um, I, I was going to suggest that if it rained again, you just have a two-hour Alusha concert. <laughs> The people would come to that. We did get a little mini concert <laughs> from Aluje, both in dancing and beatboxing. Um, the crowd just, uh, you know, loved, loved this match. It got pretty physical, uh, in the beginning and the end, you know, psychosis, not on the best terms with the crowd, pretty much, uh, telling them to all, all go back to the other side of the border. Um, fans getting pretty riled up. And then at the end of the match, uh, the team of Black Lion and Dinobles Jr. with Aluje, uh, won. 
but Tina Bliss uh, also still, you know, uh, breathing down, uh, pretty much fighting uh, both Psychosis and, and the Lucha Legend afterwards. So uh, really physical match to end uh, the night. But, uh, of course, you had your technicals come out um, on the other end. So really fun night. Um, I mean, th- th- if anything, that's really what these shows are really, really fun. I would say yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to support that. They're all really fun. Yeah. Sorry, and I, I was going to say, I think one of the show stealers of the night was the women's triple threat. Um, uh, it was a really great technical match um, with three very talented luchadoras um, that I think Of course, fans, you know, all three of them, you know, have a very um, diverse experience, um, but they all work so well in the ring. So I would say that that was my favorite match. And also the um, I would say maybe the not the dark course of the, the night, but one I think fans didn't expect um, to really blow the whole show out of the water. So, um it was also announced that uh, Lucha Libre Mexicana, Viva la Lucha, Mass Republic, returns to the Agua Caliente Casino on May 6th, celebrating Cinco de Mayo weekend. Um, already announced for the show, Octagon will be there, and he will be teaming with Atlantis. Super Astro Jr. will be making his return there, as well as Psychosis. And then uh, Bengala will be making his premiere, as well as Vipress. Uh, Kelsey Reagan and more. So, uh, tickets were, are going to be available through the Agua Caliente Casinos. Um, again, Saturday, May 6th, 7 p.m. Um, and more, uh, announcements will be coming within the next few months. But, uh, super, super cool that, um, that, uh, that they're coming back so quickly and, <laughs> Mass Republic has such a great relationship with the community of Cathedral City. Agua Caliente Casinos um, has been so supportive of this. And it's such a cool place just to find the mix of, you know, legends of Lucha Libre plus, you know, talents that you see on the independents and, you know, even newcomers. Uh, and, I mean, as you pointed out, uh, it's the Cinco de Mayo, so you can expect... Uh, the casino itself is going to have events going on too, so it will mm-hmm. be quite yeah. a quite a unique event, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, even just that the the ta- the tag team of Octagon and Atlantis. Um, no word yet on who their opponents will be, but that's in it of itself really interesting. I I'm gonna. Will they get along? I'm just gonna throw that out there. Ah. <laughs> I just announce these things. <laughs> I just, I just announce them. I, uh, I am just, yeah, I'm just enjoying the, because uh, they're not, they don't always get along. So you know, there's some added drama that can happen with that matchup. So, um, yeah, a very busy weekend, um, both in in Wilmington and in Cathedral City. So make sure that you're following PCW Ultra and Mass Republic for information on those upcoming shows. I do also want to throw out a plug and reminder coming up in just a few weeks. Pro Wrestling Revolution makes its return to 
San Jose, their very first show of the year, going back home to San Jose. Uh, again, that's Saturday, March 11th. Tickets are available still um, at luchalibreboletos.com. You can also visit Pro Wrestling Revolution um, online on social media and find information on tickets um, that are available. Um, VIP tickets are also still available, and only VIP ticket holders are able to be part of the meet and greet in, before the show. Brendan and I have seen and been at the meet and greet um, at the beginning, and it is such a cool experience to literally see all of the luchadors before the show starts, get your autographs, buy your merchandise, talk with them. Um, it's something that you don't really get to see, um, you know, very often. So, um, and they've already started to announce some matches for that show, including someone we've already talked about, Lady Apache, um, who is the Pro Wrestling Revolution Women's Champion, will be facing Charisma. Uh, J.R. Kratos will be facing Iho, the Dr. Wagner Jr., and also announced, we talked about it a little bit, uh, the team of Dralistico and Dragon Lee have vacated the Pro Wrestling Revolution tag team titles. So with that, we're going to have a trios tag team match for the tag team titles, which includes the team of Viento and Rey Orus. The Border Patrol and, of course, Lucha Solos. Um, they're all going to be competing to see who's going to be the new Pro Wrestling Revolution Tag Team Champions. And that's just a little taste of what's already been uh, scheduled out there. So get your tickets now for Pro Wrestling Revolution. I will be there. I will be um, excited to see all of you there. And for those who aren't, well, I'll be excited to bring you all of the results uh, when we get back. You, I just want to throw, I mean, all of them sound great, uh, but I, the one that caught my attention this time around is that EO to Dr. Wagner and, mm-hmm. and Kratos. That's going to be a hoss battle. Those are two mm-hmm. giant boys. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he well. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I love a hoss fight. <laughs> there's a level of, of retro, you know, uh, of uh, reciprocity coming in here because, Dr. Wagner Jr. beat Kratos for the Pro Wrestling Revolution Heavyweight Championship. So now, you know, J.R. Kratos has some beef with the Wagner family. Well, you know, they 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 deserve it. Sorry, the Border Patrol deserves to get beat by the Wagner family every time. But, oh, yeah, now that's going to be an exciting Haas battle. They're all, I mean, again, that tag team match also sounds great. But, uh, like, Dusty, I know, loves the Haas battles. And those I do, too. I, yeah. Giant, yeah. giant boys. It's going to be great. And we'll be talking much more about Pro Wrestling Revolution, that show, coming up on March 11th um, in a future uh, episode of the Lucha Central Weekly podcast, as well as their April 29th show that's already been announced. They've started to make talent announcements, including the debut of talents like Jack Cartwheel and Commander. So um, Pro Wrestling Revolution is just knocking it out with the hits. Do not sleep on that Commander debut. There's only one oh, day, I am one so time. Stoked. 
<laughs> I am so stoked. Uh, and we've talked about it, you know, at an end of year awards is like Commander really flying under the radar, really capturing a lot more attention in the United States. Um, you know, he's being a lot more uh, utilized with GCW in indies all throughout the U.S. So he's flying low under the radar in a way. Um, but someone, Brendan, I mean, you've been talking about him since we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's he is fantastic. You get to be in uh, such a great place to see that because his entrance is spectacular. And he will just be levitating on the ropes for like a full minute. And you, you're going to be right next to him going, is this real? So, uh, so. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can absolutely look forward to that. Just do not sleep on that. If you can get your tickets now, do it, because uh, he is a guy that's going to be in a, a Vikingo or Pentagon-like spot in the very yeah. near future. Well, so. and you, speaking of, was one person I didn't even mention that was going to be on the March 11th show is Hijo de Vikingo. Um, it was announced already through Pro Wrestling Revolution. Um, but yeah, he's, he is going to be at the March 11th show. So for anyone who's, you know, again, we, we, we talked about the Vikingo rule. We can't, you know, post his <laughs> videos on there. So truly the only way to see him is live. One of the ways you can see him live is through Pro Wrestling Revolution. So. All right. That was a lengthy uh, indie roundup, but I had a lot to cover uh, over the past few weeks. So thank you, Brendan, for letting me take over this week's uh, indie roundup. Uh, we will be sharing our social medias at the end of the show, so that way you can let us know, uh, reach out to us about other independent promotions, shows, uh, events, talents. We'd love to learn more about Lucha Libre happening all over the U.S., not just in our little bubbles. But, you know, <laughs> let's now transition over to Denise Salcedo, who, who is bringing us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Max, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. 
special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. All right, we are back with the second half of our show uh, again, thank you, Brennan, for letting me uh, take over the indie roundup. I'm still coming down from that high, so uh, uh, I gotta, I gotta just calm myself down from this. We are gonna be getting though into the bulk of our news in this half. I'm reading through our notes, and I believe we are gonna be starting off with AAA. Is that? <laughs> Yeah, that's the way I understand it. Okay. <laughs> that's that's where I was at, yeah. Okay. No, because my notes still have, have, you know, a note that says Rocky Romero on it, where I'm thinking, no, we already talked oh, about Rocky Romero. Yeah, no, so, we talked about we that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, sorry, I well, was We can just... always talk about Rocky Romero. <laughs> well, I mean, he's such a gem. He's such a doll, Rocky oh, Romero. He's so I... cool. So cool. He's so cool. Um, So that's why I was like, hey, I don't mind talking about Rocky Romero again. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there something we missed? Um, but apparently we were, we've gotten through that. Uh, but, um, Just a weekly acknowledgement of his greatness. Yes. Thank you, senor. <laughs> That's, that was our uh, weekly, uh, Rocky Romero segment. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, we actually have, uh, some big news coming out of AAA. Raider Reyes. Uh, happened this past week, and Dusty has it covered. So, Dusty, go ahead, tell us what happened. Yeah, well, Raya de Reyes, it's unusual for AAA. It was a Sunday night show. Traditionally, they run Saturday night shows. Sunday night show in Merida down in the Yucatan. Um, they had the first, you know, the Raya de Reyes. The uh, first, like, non-dark match was Kukai, La Parca Negra, Nishikawa defeating Eterno Alicander, Mr. Iguana, Nino Ambriguesa. Kukai Nishikawa replaced Kinto and Takuma on the card. The Eterno Alcander was a local wrestler who replaced Aerostar. There was also some kind of drama um, on Twitter. Somebody that's like a representative of the Aerostar family, I guess you could say. 
said that Aerostar was done with AAA. He wanted out. He wanted money. Uh, who knows what's going on there? Kind of interesting, but he didn't show up. And so, you know, that's tells you a lot in a way, too. But then next up, we had our first Rea Dorea semifinal match where Sam Adonis defeated Vampiro, Puma King, and Ares. Puma King replaced Jack Cartwheel, and then there were two masked wrestlers who ran out to help Puma King and Sam Adonis that kind of helped Puma King win. Next up, we had another semifinal match that saw Bandito defeating Psycho Clown, Abismo Negro Jr., and Commander. La Rebellion, Sam Adonis, before the match, they attacked Psycho Clown. Vampiro tried to kind of come in, make the save, wasn't able to do it. Negro Casas showed up and helped make the save. You know, it was, I, I guess, entertain. I haven't seen it yet. I'm just reading you the results. It sounds exciting. <laughs> Sam Adonis then attacked Psycho Clown during the match, leading to Bandito beating Commander. Kind of furthering the feud with Psycho Clown. Our next uh, Rea de Rea semifinal match had Pagano defeating Bestia, Seis, Flamita, and Aramis, followed by Il Del Vikingo defeating Mecha Wolf, Ms. Disease Jr., and Negro Casas, who replaced Gringo Loco on the card. And then for the women, we had Arena de Arena's Torneo match. Dalis was added to the match, and everybody kind of thought she was a shoe-in to win. Surprisingly, Sexy Star 2 was the winner, defeating Chick Tormenta, Lady Shani, Dalis, and La Hidra. Uh, they really haven't done anything with Sexy Star the last couple of years. She's just kind of been at the upper mid-card, not quite at the top. If it's not just a random win, you know, just kind of throwing a win her way because she's been around and it is planned for a story. This is an interesting way to start it. Beginning of the year. Cool things. Uh, we'll, we'll touch a little bit on some new branding and stuff AAA has, but it feels like things might be changing a little bit in AAA and that this could be a, a strong sign of that. And then finally, in the main event, we had Sam Adonis defeating Pagano. Il Del Vikingo and Bendito. He did cheat to win. Afterwards, he was attacked by Psycho Clown. But nonetheless, Sam Adonis is Urea Durea's champion. He got a really cool sword. Sexy Star got a pretty cool axe. You know, if you become the champion, you get the sword or the axe. And this it was is a like traditional a, trophy for Rea de Reyes, yeah. Yes. And, and and it's not even just an axe. It's like a, a double axe head spear thing that she won. Looks like something you'd use in the ocean to kill Aquaman. It's nuts. <laughs> it's I mean, really the barbarian okay. sword. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the, Sam's picture with it is really cool, but if you want to see a really great picture of the Ray Dereas sword, look up Pentagon with the Ray Dereas, because the year he won it, 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 his whole aura just makes that sword look bigger and more disgusting. Yeah. He looked kind (laughs) of like Skeletor with it. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He looked like a He-Man action. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And, uh, Negro Casas was a surprise on the card. 
he, you know, showed up and he was not announced. They announced Alice, but uh, they didn't announce Negro Casas was replacing Gringo Loco. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, just a lot of stuff going on. And also in AAA news, in their TV package, like the, the shows they air on space in Mexico, they've changed their branding. They've changed their graphics package. Everything, it's kind of a, a new year, new AAA feel. And we had, like I mentioned, Sexy Star winning. Excuse me. <clears throat> so it gave us just kind of a a different – I mean, it gives us an idea that things might be changing in 2023 for AAA and that they might be focusing a little bit on different things. Sam Adonis winning is a big deal. It's been a long time since we've had an American star in that kind of high-profile position shows that they have a lot of trust in Sam. And not only does he have the ability to take it anywhere it needs to go, he's got the athletic ability, he's got the the acting ability, you know, the promo ability. He he is the total package as far as like a a, a foreign Rudo coming from America for AAA. But the fact that they've shown the trust and loyalty in him to give him such a high-profile high spot – there is no bigger feud in Lucha Libre, period, in my opinion, than the than a feud with Psycho Clown. I mean, that's always going to be the big feud of the year. And especially now with three Triple Manias to carry out through the year, it's going to be the feud of the year, like the biggest feud in AAA. And for them to give him the Psycho Clown feud, the big win like this, I, I think this could be a big year for Sam Adonis. I am really excited for him. And, you know, we, I, I tagged Eric from Boss Fight Studio when they announced the MLW toys and I was like, Eric, we need a Sam Adonis figure. Ooh. And he's like, Oh, I know. I've already considered this. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. mm, excellent. Now, <laughs> yeah. I still I mean, have to rant for just a second there. What the heck was Psycho Clown doing after the match of Sam's win? Come on, that's just bad sportsmanship, you stupid clown. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even have to work to be the, the heel announcer with Sam Madonna's versus Psycho Clown. That's just, just a natural I'm rooting. thing. <laughs> it's just a natural yeah. thing. And but if you wanted to see that match, you were kind of out of luck. It has not aired yet. They taped it. It will air apparently on their TV program. But going forward, things are really changing with AAA. We saw a reluctance on their part to go forward uh, with the streaming of Vikingo matches. They were really weird about that. And now they quietly reached out to Lucha Blog, Cubs fan who does Lucha Blog, and told him that they had a sponsor that would really prefer he not stream the shows. And if he wanted to take them down now, that would be great. But if he didn't, they would send something more formal to take them down. And and he he appreciated that they approached it that way and were very nice about it. So going forward, he will not be streaming AAA, which was a huge source of watching AAA for a lot of us. I mean, he did uh-huh. a lot of the shows on Twitch. and But the whole thing is interesting. The sponsors, everything going on, the new feel for AAA. So it makes you wonder what's going on. We've seen Disney money involved, of course, with the the Marvel Lucha Libre thing they have going. But 
the storyline for that seemed to have wrapped up at the end of season one. They had enough filmed for the second season, but the end of season one, if you watched it through a VPN or, you know, have Cody or whatever, checked it out. At the end, it was very much like the, you know, he went back to his home planet and everyone was happy. I mean, they just <laughs> kind of tied up all the stories with like a cue card at the end and then you were done. And which was very strange because they did film the matches. They've held the matches. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. But for whatever reason, no more streaming. And so it makes you wonder who's going to start controlling the streaming. And, you know, Disney Plus is looking for content all around the world. But we also saw AAA kind of trying to court WWE. And there's just a lot up in the air right now and so i i feel like we could see triple a on a streaming service this year perhaps no i think that's so a- so i just want to confirm sorry on that i want just want to confirm the uh the the marvel lucha show is not available in the u.s without a vpn that, Correct. I've been At least to find it wasn't. It. Okay. Yeah, like as of a week ago, I found it on Cody. <laughs> Just okay. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't have to endorse that. I'll ask you about that off air. But uh, for those of you that don't want to see it at this point, the only way to get it in the U.S. seems to be a VPN. So uh, I know I want to see it. Keep going. Well, <laughs> well, I, well I was going to say I think I guess talking about the business part, I think it's a little tricky when you. We're used to is, you know, Disney Plus here in America. So very similar to almost like the WWE Network, how that's now on Peacock, but the the network still exists in other countries because Peacock doesn't exist in other countries. And so when you have, um, you know, different content, this truly, I guess, is and I don't know about how how they've maybe developed or have or have not yet developed content specifically for other countries. But this is one where usually all the content that they create, we have accessible in the the U.S. So it's just a really unique case, and um, I'm very curious about how, you know, international arms of Disney Plus work. Um, but, you know, when things have to be on the up and up, when you're dealing with a, you know, billion-dollar multinational worldwide company, you know, it's just like when you have company come over, you, you clean up house. So I could absolutely see that being a contributing factor to well, um, let's not forget that they still are dealing with the lawsuit in the U.S. as well. So they forgot they were dealing with the lawsuit in the U.S. Uh, <laughs> but they did. I'm not going to but maybe that came back around as part yeah. of the Disney deal. Maybe, uh, you know, there's two scenarios here. Either it came back around on its own or, or Disney was like, you got to clean up your house with this other stuff before we move ahead. And maybe that's why we're not getting the Marvel Lucha Libre in the U.S. is because the lawsuit still technically isn't settled. Like, there's yeah. so many unfortunate permutations of this. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. But back, back to your point too about about Sam Adonis. I think this is a really exciting time, really big deal for him to win Raider Reyes, and absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that that's a, a big sign of, of hopefully a sign of Triple A. Um, you know, endorsing him and confidence in him as, you know, of course, a top Rudo, but also a non-Mexican uh, figure in AAA. 
Um, you know, we've seen how that's been successful and also how they've gotten burned by it. I think Sam has hopefully, you know, at, at least from our perspective, has proven to be a reliable commodity in AAA. And so he has. Yeah, he is. By, by our estimation, we talked about this a bit. He's put his best foot forward. It's all in how AAA wants to, to look at it. But when yeah. we us knowing Sam Madonna's the way we do, we can totally clearly see he's putting his best foot forward to for AAA. So yeah, so very well, they, very very cool. And we also have to note that he left CMLL and joined AAA, and so for yeah. them to put this kind of trust yeah. in him after doing something like that is way bigger than just putting the trust in an average American. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a big deal, and and Sam has really – I mean, uh, I feel like he's earned his spot there at the top, and he it's has. nice to see that. And At the expense of Dave the Clown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, God bless you, Dave the Clown. You are doing God's work making all of these Rudos look so good or so bad. So, yeah, but thank you, Dusty, for uh, giving us the roundup from Raider Reyes and uh, some of the latest news about streaming through AAA. Uh, I think it will be interesting to see how it impacts things like our uh, ability to report on AAA. But also, as you can tell, Dusty is a man who investigates. And so even if we may not see it, we will you know, do our best to continue to locate and report on AAA well, events. Yeah, we may have to rely on Pep a little more. So mm-hmm. have no fear. Pep is usually a AAA events uh, that are south of the border. So you, we'll catch them when they come up to Phoenix and Texas and L.A., but uh, Pep's usually there. So we'll just start swapping information with him and keep you informed because that's what we do. We may we will make our arrangements somehow to get your information. We've got men on the inside most places. CMLL, I know some people that are that go to CMLL shows too, so just equal time. <laughs> Thank you, Dusty. But your work is not done yet because we have some <laughs> WWE news to uh, talk about, especially that other thing that happened on January 20th. I'm yes. trying to remember, trying to remember, trying to remember. Oh, yes, it was the Royal Rumble. Yes, the Royal Rumble. <laughs> And and really the highlight for me and probably for a lot of you as Lucha fans was Dominic Mysterio. He played like his character is just so perfect. He comes out. He's supposed to uh, Ray Mysterio's music plays. Nothing happens. Nobody comes out. Dominic's music hits. Here comes Dominic. He's got Ray's mask in his hand. They have laid Ray, to, Ray out backstage. And Dominic's trying to be tough, trying to rip the mask, but he can't. He's not strong enough. He cannot rip up the mask. So he tries, tries harder than you'd think, walking all the way down the ramp. He he just plays the, the chicken shit heel so perfectly in the match, everything. At one point, all the faces team up. On a Logan Paul, they're gonna, you know, kick crap out of him. All of a sudden, he gets in on it, and they're like, "What is wrong with you?" So Seth grabs him, starts fighting him into the corner. 
he finally gets eliminated. But his character work at the Royal Rumble, his physical character work is so good. The joke being that he thinks he's Eddie Guerrero and he's really not. And like he's got none of the charisma. The next night of the Eddie charisma, his charisma is off the charts now. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But the, he doesn't have the Eddie, you know, like smooth. Chicano. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he's got no. Yeah. No suave to him at all. And he, the next night he comes out and he starts screaming at Cody. Cody enters at number 30 and wins. How refreshing. The guy who enters last wins, beats the guy who enters first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's how it works, but, but I, I mean, if you, if you weren't feeling for Gunther by the end of it and secretly oh, wanting man. him to win, I don't oh, even yeah. tell you because yeah. that was, that's, that's just how it is. But Cody, yeah, (laughs) Cody won. He was on Raw the next night. Judgment Day come out. Dominic, who has effectively become the mouthpiece and leader of Judgment Day, which is crazy. (laughs) Like, who could have imagined he'd be the mouthpiece and leader? But he does it so well. He comes out. He's all up on Cody about how Dominic should have won the Royal Rumble. It was his year to shine. (laughs) Dynasty and all that. And, and what's wrong with Cody? If this was prison, he'd have got got. And so Cody's like, wait, are you trying to scare me straight right now? And it was so good. Like, Dominic just played into it so perfectly. This week, he was cutting it up with Edge and Beth Phoenix. And he goes out there. They get it by himself, force him into the ring. Uh, Damien can't help him. Finn Balor can't help him. Beth Phoenix hits him with the glam slam. And, and like, I know Dominic was supposed to be scared. He's smiling as he hits the ground. Like, it's so good. And, and like, even though I know it was fun for him in the moment, like, the character being, you know, that Rhea is his mommy. And, you know, I mean, she is a tough gal. And and the idea that he smiled as he took the glam slam, I just really enjoyed the whole character work from Dominic. He has hit it out of the park. We've touched on it before. When he was, you know, Rey Mysterio Jr. and, you know, this terrible baby face, he had the opposite of charisma. I felt so bad for Dominic. It was just like... They couldn't figure it out for him. And I did not want to see him and Ray split up. I thought that was a mistake at the time. I I thought it could be interesting for him, but I thought it was a mistake at the time. But he has completely reinvented himself within the WWE. And his commitment to this character in prison, Dominic, and, and the whole thing, he talks about how hard prison was and how hard he is now because of prison, even though it was like county lockup for a few hours. And just the whole thing is so good. And his commitment is what makes it. It is the best thing in WWE right now. The bloodline is good. Don't get me wrong. I love the bloodline. But Dominic Mysterio is really the star because he was the guy nobody expected to be able to do this. And he completely turned it around so good. The highlight of everything he's in, every scene he's in, his reactions 
I am so excited and proud and just every emotion that's positive for Dominic right now in WWE. Ever since Vince has been gone, it feels like they have a lot more freedom to kind of do their thing. And seeing Dominic rise up, and like I said, he's now the mouthpiece for that group. Can you imagine a group with Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor, and Dominic? If you had told me a year ago that Dominic would be the mouthpiece for that group, I'd been like, Finn oh, Balor, no. who is brilliant on the mic, would be yeah, taking Finn a backseat Balor, to let him yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Finn Balor making bucket hats cool again. Like There are so many things with... With, you know, even the Judgment Day. Remember when we were all losing our shit because they were keep calling themselves the Judgment Day? And everything. I think in general, they've all leaned into a little bit of the ridiculous, still being a bit menacing, but leaning more into power and numbers and less about, you know, the darkness and and all of that. I think it's still a very menacing group of people you know with Rhea with Damien with Finn you know and Dominic still feels very much out of place but I think that he is growing to be part you know the best mouthpiece of that entire group and I think that's (laughs) where his strength is coming in but also the dynamic between him and Rhea has been you know the the uh, dark horse you know idea of the entire year so I, I think it's too this um you know evolution of, of what Mysterio is and I'm sure they may refer back to it at some point too with you know this back and forth with Dom and Ray eventually, you know, I would imagine with good storytelling leading to a one on one match, um, which I think would be fascinating and, and I hope that we do see whether that's a Ray retirement match, you know, again, an Apuestas match, like, you know, well, what that would look like, uh, I think there's a lot of, in general, good storytelling happening and long-term <laughs> storytelling, and and maybe not inadvertently, like maybe it's kind of by accident, but all keys for things in the future. And as good as this stuff is, I think it's also laying some really interesting components for the future. Uh, so I don't think it's entirely by accident. Uh, this is my great transition to this. He was also in uh, an, an interview on Conan's Keeping It 100 podcast. And uh, he he uh, <clears throat> was talking about the writing process at one point. And he was talking about the fact that uh, because he's with Judgment Day uh, in particular, he says he, he's pretty sure he wouldn't get this kind of cachet otherwise. They come up to him and they ask him what they think about this. And, and because Edge or Finn will say when they're doing that, they'll be like, well, that's good, but what about this? And the writers will go be like, oh, I like that even better. And they'll go back and do that. I think that's what he's doing with this prison character, I think, because he was kind of implying that while still being very humble. Um, and, and so I think that a lot of this is just getting – I mean – Maybe it was accidental at first, but now that they're leaning into it, I think they have long-term plans to to deal to do with this because, you know, like they said, it's, it's got legs. He can run with this this chicken shit heel character for a long, long time. Yeah, absolutely. And then he'll be he'll, he'll be like Eddie, where he will be so established that people will just start cheering for him anyway, and he won't have to work awkwardly to be a baby face anymore. 
Yeah, to see that transition and, and, and like the joke, and he's in on the joke, which makes it funny <laughs> somehow that he's not yeah. Eddie Guerrero, even though he tries to be. And, and like the, the mullet and the Eddie dance and the mannerisms, <laughs> like he's got it down. He's just got none of the bravery behind it. And it's so, I mean. Well, it's also uh, this idea, you know, it, We've heard the term of nipple babies now, which is a lot more of a term utilized in entertainment and in Hollywood of the kids of, you know, actors and musicians, how they're getting these opportunities. And it's it's almost like this weird shade of nipple baby where he's really dissing, you know, the the legacies of, you know, those before him while also leaning on it and. You know, it, it's a really interesting mix, but also kind of mocking this idea of, yeah, I'm so, you know, I'm so tough. I went to, you know, prison or whatever. Um, and I, but here's this legacy, but I hate my dad, you know, and it's like, you know, like it's just, it's just, it's all these interesting things. I think that's also a little bit of a commentary right now on, on this generation and, and nipple babies that like it all, um, you know, there's a level of hilarity to it. He's just playing it all well, you know, like you talked yeah. about the, the chicken shit heel on top of, you know, <laughs> being out of place on top of, you know, uh, in this level of, of again, I want to say nepotism because it's like, yes, that's kind of how it started, but that's, you know, not how it is now, but it's very much ingrained <laughs> in, you know, his character and, and acknowledgement. It's just kind of, it's, it's hard to articulate for me, but I just think in general, yeah, it's, well, um, it, that's exactly it. It's building on that awkward I'm Rey Mysterio's kid phase that they were we got to publicly see. Yeah. Right? As we are more or less watching uh, young Dominic as they like to call him on commentary from time to time. Uh we're watching him grow up on TV, which is what makes it so fascinating cuz you know, uh he's he is that we've we've literally seen him grown up. Those who uh, who have watched all the way since the uh, the ladder match, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know the um, so we're seeing him grow up and we're seeing that we're seeing that change. We're seeing him change from being the awkward I want to make my dad pleased to now he's doing the, the as you call it a nipple baby thing where he has a position that's elevated because of his dad, but also he, he hates that whole history so he wants to. It was, you know, it's like watching um, a, a, a child actor in the 80s just suddenly explode. Uh, <laughs> if you any of those, you are the same age as me, you will understand how many child actors just went kind of crazy after they mm-hmm. turned into adults. <laughs> So it's 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 very fascinating. Um, to oh see yeah. That. I also just want to going back to the rumble too on the women's side. Just uh, giving big shout outs to Raquel Rodriguez and Roxanne Perez um, yes. for their appearances. Uh-huh. I, I felt so much better. I think it was either Corey. I want to say it was probably Corey, but it may have been Pat McAfee when they accidentally called her uh, Raquel Gonzalez. When I'm yes. like, okay, cool. Yeah. I still do that too. And they just did it on TV. So I don't feel bad anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it just rolls off the tongue that, better. Right? When you said that, I had to uh, I had to stop and think about that. When you said right, Raquel Rodriguez, I'm like, did we talk about Raquel? Uh, oh, right. Raquel Rodriguez. Yeah. So I'm there too. I, yeah. And they interviewed. Yeah. 
they interviewed her dad for this. There was a very cool mm-hmm. segment on it. You can find it on WWE where they have Raquel return because this was a homecoming for her. Yes, she yes. grew up just down the road, <laughs> and so they they did the whole thing where she went to her the first ring that her dad trained her in, and they did an interview with him. They did an interview with her. Uh, if you are a Lucha fan, you absolutely have to see it. Anybody who's who knows about my obsession with, with knowing that Raquel was a star from the moment I've seen her knows I've watched it at least four times now. I'm not going to give you a real number because it's pretty scary. So, you know, go check it out. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and Roxanne Perez got a really good reception as well. Um so I think, you know, those just having their She's both of their presence. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're both Texas girls. Um, and so that was. For someone like Roxanne, who, you know, is primarily on NXT, and we know the NXT audience doesn't always translate to the main roster. And I think for Raquel, it's really setting her up in a great position now um, to, you know, be in the conversation in some top women's feuds. And so, um, so you those, know. Yeah. For those who don't know, she kind of got the Walter treatment, too. She came in very early. I don't remember if she was in the first two or not and stayed for the majority of the match. Yeah, I want to say she was in the dominant. first 10 or 12. Yeah, yeah Roxanne it was, it, was like number eight, but I think Bill yeah. was like number twenty-two. Yeah, still, still later. But again, at different points in the rumble, you know, you you have people in different spots. I know, but like she, Raquel yeah. and and Rhea stare down got really good response. So, okay. um, you know, that I think you could always go back to. And Rhea yeah. specifically pointed out Raquel as someone who, when she had any moments in the Rumble, when she was kind of worried about her spot, she specifically shared about her time in the ring with uh, Raquel as someone who, you know, could have possibly. Yeah. So. And I have one last thing, and this is just my fun topic, uh, since we're talking about Rumble. Can we just for a second talk about the, uh, was it Logan Paul Ricochet? Uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. The, the, the most viral spot of the, the match. Yeah. The most viral yeah. spot. And also, are we taking bets of when we will see this uh, in some kind of lin- indie lucha uh, <laughs> ring in 2023? Because you cannot oh, yeah. out, you cannot outdo Lucha cannot be outdone by this. Oh, oh, I see, you, you mean uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You'll have, the wrestlers will meet in the middle of the ring and then they will form a perpetual uh, motion machine like butter toast trying to not fall on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Six fifty <laughs> splash into the slingshot. Something, Some, oh, man. Yeah. something, yeah, but Kingo will have to do something that, that just... The Kingo uh, and Commander meet in the middle of the yeah. ring. And... <laughs> so excited! Didn't make any sense, no. No, it didn't make any sense. But that's literally the idea of Lucha at that point. I was like, oh, so they've been watching, you know, Ricochet's been pulling up. I mean, we didn't even see this in, in Lucha Underground. I think it's... Uh, how they came up with this spot, I'm, I'm very curious how, how it how it turned out, but that is the most lucha spot I've seen on WWE television. It, yeah, yeah it was no. so cool. Yeah, and you remember it, and you think, why haven't they done this before? <laughs> as soon as you saw it, it was like, why haven't they done this? And, like, such a cool spot. And, and, and like, I'm not a huge Logan Paul fan, but his work with 
the Royal Rumble and everything he's done, I'm excited to see him do more. I really think yeah. he can do a good job. Uh, I'll again, tell you why they haven't done, done it before or done more of it. It's scary as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it was scary to watch as a fan, like, when they hit the ground. Because yeah. you do have that split second, like, wait, was that supposed to happen? Yeah, exactly, because yeah. you're, like, they're literally just, I guess, just clotheslining each other in the middle. Like, <laughs> like that's, you just wonder, like, that spot does not make sense. You know, my husband's a wrestler, <laughs> and he kept going. He's like, that spot doesn't make sense. And I'm thinking, I'm telling you, it doesn't. It's not making sense, but it's making money. Yeah. It's not Just tell tell your man it's not a spot for us. Like, yes, it's, it's not. It's not a spot for him. It's not a spot for us. It's a spot for all of Instagram, ET, yeah. you know, TMZ, yeah. uh, all all the socials. You know, it doesn't make money. It doesn't make sense, but it makes money. So. Yeah. Uh, but that that's also my initial thought is which which are we gonna see uh something at Triple Mania that tries to outdo this? My answer, my hope is is yes. Uh so uh now I'm just imagining like the the two athletes just strapping cookie sheets to their chest and doing the exact same spot. <laughs> like a bulletproof vest kind of yeah, exactly. Even louder and crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I like this idea. Marty McFly approves. <laughs> so, sorry, those were just my additional Royal Rumble thoughts that I oh, wanted to make sure we discussed before very, we moved on. Very worth mentioning. Yeah, I mean, we don't talk about Ricochet as much on the show, but he was, you know, he was on Lucha Underground, and he is very Lucha savvy, and I have a feeling he had a hand in that. And so... The, yeah. We're, we might as well talk about the most viral moment because everybody else in the world is talking about that darn clothesline. So. Right. Well, that does it for our coverage for WWE. Uh, make sure, of course, to always check out uh, LuchaCentral.com uh, for results on shows like Raw and SmackDown, uh, NXT, and much, much more. Our last segment of this week's show, we're going to be touching on MLW and keep going back and forth on how to start this because, uh, there's a, it's, uh, we don't usually do this with MLW, but Brendan found a very fascinating line of communication on social media. So I guess we're going to start there, um, because it does touch on things that we've talked about on this show, um, but it brings to light some other things about um, MLW and specifically its relationship with luchadors and, um, you know, things within Azteca underground that, uh, you know, have felt very underwhelming. So, Brendan, I'm actually going to hand this off to you to kind of frame uh, this story. So, uh Rob Viper, and we haven't talked a lot about him on the show. Um, I know when we interviewed Mr. Iguana, he had talked about that as one of the people that helped him break into the U.S. He is uh, really big uh, in the Lucha Libre scene in, on both sides of the border. He's uh, I mean, almost as important as, as the Mass Republic, like him and, and Cubs fan have, have put together shows many times. He was He's clearly friends with Aries and Aramis uh, and has been kind of following this, but 
it was a it was a long extended Twitter uh, series of comments about how they were promised a lot of things. They were going to be used in all of this um, Azteca Underground promotion stuff that was going to happen. Uh, we talked before about the uh, co-branded show that never happened. He bring he brought that up. He brought up that there is another co-branded show. However, Aries and Aramis aren't on it. Uh, he mentioned that Aries and Aramis have asked for their release from MLW, but have not been granted it, yet they're also not being booked. And um, Miranda, you can attest to that looking at, because you've seen results that are in the future from what's on television, I'm Correct. assuming. And, yeah, and, <laughs> and I know some of the things that were, you know, talked about as one of the explanations, because I think Russell Rob did a, a very good job of trying to be very subjective about how, um, you know, both expressing, and then he did start off the, the tweet saying he got permission from Ivy's and enemies to discuss this, um, to share this, but also knowing that um, MLW cut a lot of their scheduled um, uh, shows um, towards the end of, of last year. Um, so we didn't get as many MLW, uh, tapings, um, last fall. Some of it was, you know, discussed as far as, you know, waiting for the new TV deals to come about, um, and things like that. But, uh, yeah, they, they do film several months in advance and now they're just catching up. And still, even when MLW does have upcoming shows, they usually do a pretty good job of promoting who's going to be on there. And no word about Adamis or Eris um, since, yeah, you know, mid last year. Yeah, and that that more or less is the overall concern. Like he was doing his best to keep a neutral thing tone on it. He wasn't trying to badmouth MLW and so much as that, uh, except for the fact that they're they're not being used. They're not be uh, the treatment of them has been very. Hit or miss. They were they were really featured, and then they suddenly weren't, and they really aren't. But they're also not being released, despite being them requesting to be released. Technically, they're a televised show, so they have to be released from those contracts to have a shot at uh, at other promotions. I mean, I don't know how AAA views them being on American television. That's the only exception. But like AEW and WWE can't use them. At all, even as as free and nice as things are under the Triple H era, they're they're on television, or they were on television. They're on contract for a television show, so they can't do that anymore. And that's kind of what he was he was going for. And uh, so this will help you with the other one. They're announcing a new TV show, but also Aries and Aramis are not announced in any of the things for that too. So yeah, so. Um... I mean, tonight, uh, as we record, which is February 7th, uh, is the first episode of MLW Underground, which is a new show that's debuting on Reels. Um, and announced for that show, uh, so far, from what I understand, is, uh, of course, the MLW Heavyweight Championship match um, that's happening between EJ and Duca and Hammersmith. Uh, we also have, I believe, the Bombayer Fight Club um, in a match as well. But that's it, at least for this week's scheduled um, 
matches. So uh, that that's really it. I mean, we talked about going through storyline wise. Uh, Cesar Duran talking about you know really going getting removed as head matchmaker of MLW and now working on creating his own promotion and finding people to you know Azteca Underground or MLW Azteca. But that whole project not really coming to fruition as much as we had all had hoped and, and even anticipated for. Um, they, you know, had some of those spots where they did record full episodes of Azteca Underground, both in Mexico and in Texas. But then it kind of fizzled when they stopped doing, um, you know, regular tapings. So... With another TV deal, does that allow them to expand on Azteca Underground? Um, and will we actually see this come to fruition on television? And, and maybe that's where it's at. And, and, you know, really the only luchadors right now really heavily featured on, um, MLW television has been Lince Dorado, Taya, um, you know, Johnny Nitro, Morrison, Mundo, Impact. Uh, whatever you'd like to, to call him. Uh, Johnny Underground. Johnny Underground. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's a Microman. Um, you know, there, there's, we just have, they've had, a, a certain, you know, round of, of luchadors being featured. Um, and at one time, Adamis and Eddie's were really, you know, pretty key figure luchadors featured on MLW. Um, wow. so, you know, is, is the opposite of what we were thinking that was going to happen with two television shows happening with MLW, where um, now there's still not going to be enough room for, you know, all the luchadors and maybe they actually cut back on their, their lucha content. Yeah, I mean, that's, we have to fully enter into speculation mode on that because we don't know. We do know that in past they've been much more very generous with the lucha that we've got and the recent past, I should say. Uh, so, you know, we could get it, but uh, now we're hearing this about Ares and Aramis not uh, really being used. And let's be honest, Microman mostly is being used because he's a hot commodity, not because he's a luchador. So I don't know. Well, that, I don't yeah, know what we're going to get. That's a really fair point. And, <laughs> and going back to, you know, maybe why they're not being released from their contracts could be that there are there is plans to really build up, um, you know, uh, MLW Azteca. And they need those luchadors who are having that uh, ability to perform in the U.S. Um, and they really want to stock up on, on them. So may, maybe there is a method to it and why they're not being released. Um, MLW, though, is also pretty uh, well known for having more short-term contracts or more of a rotation of their roster than mm-hmm. other promotions. So it is also a little interesting that um, other people who kind of go in and out of the roster can do that, you know, or, or. Uh, I know, will point out they. Process. They also, I will point out they've also had in the past issues where wrestlers have wanted to get out of these contracts and they've drug their feet on that in the past. And mm-hmm. it was not necessarily for good business reasons. It was, I mean, I, I can't say because I don't know, but it came off more like it was because they were upset that those wrestlers were going to leave 
Yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. I think because of the rotation that MLW has in general, compared to other promotions, where you know you'll see people come in and out, and also Court Bauer has been very open about having a certain percentage of his roster more fluid, um, so that they can incorporate them and bring people in and out as necessary. you know, makes it makes you wonder, you know, why, you know, if they've asked for their release, have they not gotten it? But again, there's a lot of seeming business decisions that could be behind it, too, that, you know, of course, we're not privy to, but could explain um, a lot. Um, but it, but again, I think if we don't start seeing things happen with MLWS, Tekka Underground and them not being utilized on TV, it will cause more questions about, you know, why still keep them under contract. Yeah, absolutely. And not just TV, also to to Viper's point, you know, live events too. Um, you know, if yeah. you're not if you're not having them on live events and you're not having them on TV and you're not, you know, running a a lucha specific, you know, um, brand or or storyline where you have a you know depth of luchadors, then what what are you trying to right? And I mean, and it's it's definitely a little harder to predict with MLW because uh, Court is uh, Court Bowers has many jobs. Running a wrestling promotion is only one of them, so he's not he's not uh, he's not like Vince McMahon, where we could kind of look at Vince's history and know okay, he's doing this for this reason, he's doing this for this reason because that's what he's done in the past. We don't know. Uh, where necessarily as easily where Court's head is at because he's all over the place in his career. So, yeah, that's a, it's a good point. <laughs> I think there's so many more stories about Vincent Mann and Tony Khan when it comes to to booking, and we don't have as much uh, in in depth information about Court Bauer. We know as far as his business relationships and the roles that he plays. But how that leans into booking is something that, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have we don't have much of that insight on for, for Court Bauer um, or exactly who does that for MLW as well, um, because it's not just, you know, presidents or CEOs that manage booking. There's also other people, yeah. usually within wrestling promotions that handle that. So there isn't as much. Um, it's, it's hard to know. Who else behind the scenes of MLW, um, you know, works on the bigger picture? Whereas we know that with other promotions, um, and I think that public that's, information, other mm-hmm. in other promotions, yeah, yeah. So I think too, like you mentioned, a lot of it ends up being really purely specula- speculative because, um, you know, we just don't have that. You just, we just don't have that information. But oh, once again, we, new yeah. show. Let's 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 end on a positive note because we do still yes. like the, the product that MLW yes, is Yes, yes, yes. And again, <laughs> we you know again, it's a different turn for us with MLW because we usually stick to uh, you know just the, the general information. But again, this this uh, story that came out um, you know is is was definitely interesting enough to be able to discuss collectively, just like we do with other promotions. We you know yeah. uh, we. We speculate and talk about AAA, WWE. Again, I think with MLW, the difference is we just don't 
have as much information on what's really happening behind the scenes and who's behind the scenes that it makes conversations like this a little bit more difficult. And also, you know, we just don't always hear about people vocalizing as as much with other promotions like MLW as we always hear about WWE or AAA or CMLL or, you know, um, even, uh, you know, AEW. Uh, so I, I think that, uh, you know, we always try and be, to be fair about our, our coverage, but, um, again, MLW underground wrestling, um, premieres, it is Tuesday when we are recording this. So it probably has already passed, um, when you are listening to this, but that is on reels TV. Um, so that you can find in your local, uh, cable or satellite provider, um, and also, I believe Reels does have um, some options through streaming that you can look into. Um, but Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, MLW Underground on Reels. Um, your main event headliner for the uh, show is a last man standing match, EJ Nanduka versus Hammerstone for the World Championship. Uh, and much, much more. So, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm always excited to see MLW grow and expand. Um, as we've talked about, you know, we hope that that also allows for more people from the roster to be able to, uh, to see, uh, and also to more, more people to see people from the roster, uh, and also, uh, more visibility. I mean, MLW consistently has been, uh, big advocates and promoters of Lucha Libre. And so it's truly one of the places that you can see great Lucha Libre matches and luchadors, um, when they, when they have them on TV. And so, uh, we will be, you know, interested in seeing how MLW Underground Wrestling does in comparison to Fusion and if it's a, you know, a way to elevate the product. Um, but again, MLW Underground Wrestling Tuesdays at 10 p.m. on Reels Network. That's R-E-E-L-Z. So uh, I can't confirm if we get the uh, the MLW show, but Reels does have video on demand options on their Reels.com. And uh, they also are advertising that they are on Sling. So if you have a, a Sling TV, Ooh. you can you can watch the network on that. But we will research more other options to get that because I sure as heck don't get that uh, out here on my any of my TVs. Yeah, same. I don't have reels as well. I do have the digital channel, uh, but as far as I know so far, it's not on the digital channel or replays are not on the digital channel, but that will remain to be seen. So, um, but in the meantime, you can at least check with your cable or satellite provider um, or even streaming like Sling uh, to see if you can watch reels on your television set. And that does it for this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Man, I'm exhausted because we talked about a lot. We covered so many different promotions and topics uh, this week. But, hey, we had a lot of catching up to do. Um, don't forget, of course, that the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is available at LuchaCentral.com, along with many, many more things that you can find on the website. Brendan. Would you, you know, do me a favor and let our listeners know <laughs> what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com? All right. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. 
LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. You can find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. You can find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. You can uh, There's photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. It's a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And my favorite part, everybody's favorite part probably, all of this is free. Free at LuchaCentral.com, which is your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Thank you so much, Brendan, for all of that. Don't forget, too, you can also check out Lucha Central on social media. You can check Lucha Central on Facebook at Lucha Central and also at Lucha Central uh, on Instagram. So, again, at Lucha Central on Instagram and on Facebook, at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. Also, Lucha Central's YouTube page has hours upon hours of content, including previous episodes of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast in English and in Espanol, as well as other shows from the Lucha Central uh, Radio Network and Podcast Network, uh, as well as interviews, uh, previous uh, matches, and content that you're not going to find anywhere else. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. You can, well... I was going to jump ahead, but that's not how I do things. Uh, let's start <laughs> off with Dusty. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the number 321. T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Facebook, I am on Instagram, and I'm all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter, but either way, reach out to us on social media. As I talked about before, if you're an independent wrestler, referee, announcer, uh, promoter, fan, uh, and you know of work for uh, a Lucha Libre company or have been to a show that had Lucha doors or Lucha Libre matches, please feel free to reach out to us on social media. We would love to hear about shows happening all throughout the United States. We love to cover Lucha Libre all over, not just the ones you see on TV, but independents all over the place. So please feel free to reach out to us on social media, and we would love to cover it on a future uh, edition of the Indie Roundup. And with that, that does it for this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, thank you all so much for watching, and we will watching, listening. If you were watching this, that would it's, be uh, I mean, just, that just logo screen. is pretty cool. Yeah, logo really is cool. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening, and we will be with you next time. <laughs> <laughs>